Like, so I started seeing it in that lens and I was just like, God damn, all these times I could have died. Clearly I'm not meant to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something that has to change at this point. Like, I have to be me now. I'm tired of it. So that's why when I say it, I feel like I'm five years old, is genuinely is how I feel. I feel like a kid now that's learning everything from the ground up. No Latinos telling me, yo, you can't do this. Not even just Latinos, nobody saying, and I'll say respectfully, fuck you in my head because you're not gonna tell me what to do. You didn't even live what I live. Or you didn't die the way I died. So my mentality is very strong and I'm glad because of my upbringing, but now it's just like a propellant. Now it's just like jet fuel and shit like that, you know? That was a clip from today's episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. Before we get into the full episode, just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening. Just want to say thank you and welcome to the King Tueres podcast brought to you by Plural. Yo, today on the podcast, we've got my man Kenny, aka Cloud Kent. Funny thing about us is that we actually grew up together in the same neighborhood in New York. So I've known the dude since, who knows, probably first grade. A little bit about Cloud Kent, though. He's an up-and-coming street pop artist. His rough beginnings as a kid really enabled him to survive the concrete jungle. And although art was part of his life, he was put down and belittled for his talents, forcing him to live a life that truly wasn't his. Little did he know, though, that his life would take a turn when he had to undergo an emergency open-heart surgery at the age of 25. Coming out of it, it was really a second life for him he would never view life the same way again. It was through that death that he realized who he truly was. Post-surgery, post-recovery, he completely transformed and evolved into what he has been all along, an artist. This is the story of Cloud Kent. I love the energy, man. You're just so hype. Uh, I, I typically start with the question, uh, around authenticity, man. So I'll start there. When you know, when people tell you to to be your authentic self, you know, what comes to mind, or like, you know, what does that mean for you? I think for me, it means to let all barriers down. You know, um, I'm like such a genuine person, and for me, all my life, I was taught not to be a genuine person. You know, we grew up in the streets of New York. So you, you're kind of taught to like have this heavy armor on and not to show emotion or feelings. And now I'm an older man and I'm just realizing, damn, I, I've really been living a lie as a life my whole life. So now it's like an awakening. So when we talk about genuinity now, it's like, I am so about it. Like, I feel good talking about it now because it's something I'm not scared of no more. Like I was scared to be my, my, my real self, like a creator, like paintings and stuff like that. So now, that word genuinity, it really does, it means more than just a word. It's, it's a life. It really is you in a nutshell. I encourage everybody to really take the time to get to know themselves because it's invigorating. It definitely is. I'm in that state of nirvana, you know, where I'm like, I've learned so much about myself and I'm still continuing almost like a, like a Pikachu and a, what do you, uh, riot you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that is just like, you feel strong, you feel powerful, and you feel like, okay, what's next? Where else can I go? That's all because of genuinity, 100%. I love that, man. And your story is, is fucking powerful, man. It's dope. And I love how you spoke about, you know, where it started in New York. 
you know, tell me yeah. about like, what, what was it like growing up? Like, where'd you grow up and you know, who was in your household? What, what was that whole vibe like? Well, Pavel, you was a big part of my, my childhood. So you saw, you saw me actually like be engaged in art. And I don't know if you necessarily saw me get put down for my art, but I definitely lost a lot of, you know, high, you know, holy name competitions where we went to school, but, uh, it all, yeah, definitely all started definitely developing in school where I just felt like very competitive with it. I just wanted to win, but I always got rejected. And that rejection has always propelled me. Like I, I took that as uh, you know, how people say gasoline to the, to the wildfire, you know, I, I've grown up with rejection my whole life. Even now, sometimes I get rejected now and I'm just like, okay, add it to the, add it to the fucking cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how else can I prove you wrong? I, I felt like I've always had a chip on my shoulder, like something to prove, you know? So I, I guess starting back in school in New York and obviously um, uh, family all around that, that, that real tough old school Latino security mentality kind of, you know, it made me the man I am today. So I'm very thankful and I love, I love my mom. I love my family and stuff like that. And the fact that they support me now, is like a beautiful thing, but it's just like, I always had something to prove and like I had to prove it to y'all. Yeah, I should have, but you know, that's life. That's going to be what at, like, that's, that's, that's life. You know that, Fabel. you know that. Yo, nah, I feel you, man. Tell me, tell me about that whole like Latino family. Cause I'm sure like a lot of families, I mean, I get why they tell us like for go to for security, get the job is cause they don't want, they don't want us to struggle like they did. Right. So like, yeah. <laughs> What were some of those things that you heard, though? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, were, what were some people telling you when you wanted to pursue art as, you know, a career path? I actually, me and my mother had a, a conversation about this, like, just recently. I talked to my mother, like, four times a day. Yes, I'm a mother's boy. And um, we had that conversation in which now I have younger siblings. You know, my siblings are 11. I have a sibling that's 16. And um, she buys them supplies. She gives them the world now. And... Um, and for me, it's like me looking from the outside in it, and I'm, I'm proud of that. I am so proud to see that, although my mother had that old school Latino mentality that was passed down, work hard, structure, security, be safe. I, I'm glad that she evolved because now I'm able to see my younger siblings and I'm able to really, not to be emotional about it, I'm able to be like, shed a tear about it, 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 it not in sadness, in, in, in a way where it's just like, oh my, we are really growing. And everybody is really acting genuine. Uh, my mother's just studying everything now. And it's like, I broke a cycle. I broke a, I feel like I broke a cycle and, and, and it's my job to kind of be more vocal about it. Because if other families knew about it, Latino families, minority families knew about just the genuinity of how you could save somebody's life, I was just fortunate that I, I was able to find myself through art because I would be dead, I would probably hurt myself, or I'd be getting into some trouble. Like, it's just, it, it is what it is. I, I just, I'm very thankful. So not to knock down la Latino mentality or anything like that. Security, I get it. I do, and I thank her, I thank my family all day. But I, I can't help but to be like, damn, you know what? If I was just nurtured through that, like, where would I be now? I would never know that answer. But I'm glad, like, it, like I said, it made me the man that I am today, and I could, I, I can never fall. So, so, like I said, like, I, I love everything. The, the changes that are happening right now, 
the evolution. I'm still a young man. So for me to see that, I feel like I made a true impact. So it just, I want to, I want to give the gift that keeps on giving, sort of say, I want to pay it forward, you know? Oh, for sure, man. Not, I mean, you really did break the cycle. I mean, on one side, I'm sure you're like, I'm sure you're like, yo, mom, it's dope that you're, that you're helping the nieces and the nephews. At the same time, it's like, yo, ma, where was the love when I was, you know, when I was coming up, ma? (laughs) Yeah, so true. So true, man. Like, she, she, she now, like, she, she beats herself up sometimes now. And I'm like, ma, listen, you know, that's all, all about growing and evolving in our lives. You know, we, we learn at our own pace. And I'm realizing that we cannot be so hard on ourselves, you know, and it's easier said than done, obviously, you know, we're all battling something. We're all facing challenges and the way we react to it, you know, I think it's important, you know, and that, that takes time to really react to it with poise and not, not so much emotion, but with, Ah, dignity is a good word. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. you know. And our yeah. parents, our parent, our parents do the best with what they can, man. Like it's not their fault. Like that's how that's what they learned from their parents, and you know, right. beyond and beyond. So if anything, like you're helping everybody out, man, which is really dope. I want to get into to your story in in New York in particular, right? Because you said like you were experiencing certain things not only at home, but also like you know you sh- you you show up um in certain competitions or you show people like yo yeah I'm an artist so like I do art and people would be like what right like people make fun of you for that right like it wasn't a cool thing quote unquote to like be doing art back then man and you would think you would think it would be cool but i think it was um i don't know maybe the where we were at you know um i don't know because people do move to new york i i think we we were more on the ghetto side you know like (laughs) that's uh, sometimes i hate to say but i feel like white people do appreciate the arts a little bit more some, sometimes but I, I've grown to know that like I was kind of bullied growing up by my 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 peers like my Spanish peoples my black peoples and I grew up around you know I love everybody but that, I mean that's the reality like growing up being young you just don't know now it's different everybody loves the shit but I guess it was the, the time period and the area we was living at I really felt like bullied or like you shouldn't be called gay if you fucking want to pick up a pen and write or draw or take up a photography, man. That, that's silly. You know what I'm saying? And, and now realizing that as a grown man, I say it's silly because everybody should be able to pick up. Every, every one of us is really creative deep down, down inside. We're all kids. We just have to let it out. And if we keep on listening to distractions or outside noise telling us, don't do this or don't do that, we never going to find out who we are, you know? So... It's dark growing up like that and having that, like, I was almost like in the closet type of shit, but it's because of my artwork. Like, and now what you're seeing now in front of you is like a, a new person. Like, I feel like I'm five years old because of it. And, you know, with the, with the heart surgery, that shit will give you a second life. And you just start to look at things like little, take your rose other glasses off and you just magnify life a little bit more. You, you start to look things just a little bit differently, you know, especially with creativity. Yeah, nah, I feel you, man. I mean, it wasn't even just art, man. I remember growing up, people would get made fun of for the dumbest shit. Like, if you got A's, you were like, like, yeah. why, why, why are you so smart? Like, that should be celebrated, not like That's made fun of. You know about. what I mean? Yeah. It makes no sense. I never got it. Like, we, I, I, we only, we would get glorified if we, um, if we like play basketball or like yeah. sports. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or if you were like a really tough dude, like that's that's yeah. the only thing that gets glorified in the hood. You like, yeah, it is straight up. 
I don't know, man. Like I, I got along with everybody, but I knew deep down inside I was never how do you say I was never a street, like I was never a hood. Oh, we me was, either, man. Fuck. We grew up in that situation. I was like, I, you have to hang out with those people sometimes. And you know, I love everybody, but it's just like, damn, I don't really want to fight today. But guess what? I guess I gotta fight today. What's I hated that, man. I gotta tell a lot of fights. Bro, I hated that shit too, man. Just like fronting. I remember I remember in high school, uh, like I, I would tell people I'm from the Upper West Side and people would, would make fun of me because they said it yeah. wasn't tough enough. Yeah, soft. Yeah, right. but then when you get older and you tell people you're from the Upper West Side, they're like, oh my God, yeah, I oh love shit. the Upper West Side. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. The na- you see how the narrative is different now? Like, that's the thing. I don't get that part, but I guess times change, you know? I want to believe that, you know, with time comes uh, maturity. Not with everybody, but I, I do want to believe that because of personal experiences. I could have went one route, but I went this one. Time does kind of uh, play a major factor for sure, bro. Especially with the background we had. Oh, for sure, man. T- tell me, Tell me about that, though. Like, you mentioned... You know, you could have gone down one path, but you found yourself, um, and then you and then you went down sort of like the right path. Let's call it. What did yeah. you have a moment where you were like, "Yo, I'm about to go hang out with these hood ass people," and like, "This isn't me." Like, I quit this shit. That's, you know what I mean? Like, what what, exactly what what was that thought process like? The thought process was after getting into multiple, it, everything was kind of aligning, like one after the other after another. Like, uh, I got robbed at gunpoint twice. You know, I had pieces to my head a few times and it's just like, at this point, it's not even like anything having to do with like gangs or fights. It's more like I got robbed by a crackhead. Like that was one of the things that led me to moving to Florida. It's just like the motherfucker is about to shoot me. I got nothing. I had no money, no nothing. So for me, it was just like a wake up call. Like, thank God I survived the situation. And I just wanted to give him my phone, but it was just like a wake up call. And prior to that, it was just a whole bunch of fights. But my sister was one years old and I was just like, I already know how this path is gonna go if I don't leave. And, you know, just being around negative energy and just knowing that I, w- I was still a ball of energy deep down inside, even if it was a glimmer, I knew there was something in me. I just had to embrace it and um, I had to move on. I had to change my ways or change my physical surroundings. And my surroundings was the concrete jungle. It was New York City. Everybody could talk about New York City as uh, rainbows and gumballs and sunshine, but it, it really isn't always like that, bro. And we, we grew up a little bit different. So I know, I know you feel it, but I never had that nurturing care and like that art artistry. And I wish sometimes I did because, hey, who knows? But we don't know. I'm here today and I'm able to talk about it. And it's, it, it's really like, it's crazy to me. It's, it's really bugged out. Um, but yeah, I'm very fortunate. I, I, I had that moment though, where I was just like it, uh, a light switch. I operate on switches. So a switch came in my head and it was just like, you need to do this. Like the inner gut feeling, you know, you need to trust your innate, your innate gut feeling. And I, and I, and I went with it. So I try not to ignore my gut feelings, especially when it comes to giving people, um, you know, a chance. But, yo, we're animalistic creatures. We have instincts. We have to trust. Same applies to our growth. We really know what we have inside and what we want to do. Now, the thing is the fear. Are we scared to know that or tap into that? That's what I feel. 
that's how I genuinely feel. But I, I'm I'm learning how to feel and get to know myself more. So that's why, um, and I'm always by myself. Even when I'm not by myself, I feel alone. So that helps me a lot too. Just like silencing the noise, you know, and just awakening slowly but surely. And, yeah. and what is what did your gut tell you exactly when you had that when you had that realization? You're like, gonna die. You if you stay. I moved. I just moved straight to New York the next day. I mean, straight to Florida the next day. My gut said, "You're gonna fucking die, Ken." I swear to God, for me. and it was right. It was right. I wanted up having surgery in Florida five years. Uh, five years later, I don't think I would be able to have surgery in New York. Too much distraction. You you wouldn't be able to pay attention to your body like that. How many people do we know, especially Latino community, that don't go to the doctor? Especially in New York. I'll be dead over there, bro. Just another number. Without Wait, well, doing this. What what happened though? You said you moved to Florida, but then you had heart surgery. But like talk to me about like what happened, like what was the heart complication and Yeah. Yeah. So the, it's so um, and it's so and it's so interesting too because you said like I was gonna die and most people would think like, yeah, I was gonna die in the streets, but then you actually had a condition that you realized right when you left, right? I didn't know until five years later. So I thought, I always thought innately I was going to die young. Like, it's innately. Like, when I say innately, it, my gut. <clears throat> and I, and I, did, I didn't manifest it. Like, I really knew it on some clairvoyant shit. Um, so I didn't find out I had heart surgery until um, five years later from my initial move to New York. I never knew I had a heart problem. So my issue was a, a birth defect. Um, a structural defect, like my arteries were full nelsing each other and shit on a chokehold. And um, yeah, I had my blood pressure really high and then I, I had chest pains a lot. And, you know, stress does pay, play a factor, but <clears throat> when it's a structural effect, a birth defect like that, you know, that stress just makes it work. So that's why I try to keep a very tranquilo type of, you know, and neutral kind of life now. Oh, shit silence this phone um yeah bro so luckily i had somebody that basically forced me to go to the hospital um a doctor that i was really good friends with at the time and she saved my life because i wasn't going to go to the hospital Derek, that latino mentality yo i'm good there's nothing wrong with me meanwhile i'm fucking dying i'm going like this she's watching i'm like nah i ain't going to the hospital nah that's that's soft you know what i'm saying that's soft I'll be like, yo, suck, suck it up, son. Like to myself, I talk to myself and I'll be like, yo, suck it up. Stop being soft. You good. Like, is this stress? No, it wasn't. I almost died. <laughs> heart attack. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then I had heart surgery, you know. Um, it was just like that. Obviously, there's more to the story from knowing the um, symptoms and then getting to the heart surgery. That's a whole nother movie. But, you know, long story short, I had the surgery and I changed my life and I became an artist. Yeah, like what what happened after you came out of heart surgery and obviously you survived, but like did you have a mindset shift after that? And like what what was that what was that like? I literally went through like a like a tunnel of a, of an epiphany. Um I had a shift in attitude, I had a shift of change, and I always felt like a soldier. But after that, I felt like a like a soldier of fortune. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt very grateful because I still have a mission to do. Like I still have 
I still have things to do, obviously, because I didn't get taken away. God didn't let me go. Like, so I started seeing it in that lens, and I was just like, God damn, all these times I could have died. Clearly, I'm not meant to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something that has to change at this point. Like, I have to be me now. I'm tired of it. So that's why when I say it, I feel like I'm five years old is genuinely is how I feel. I feel like a kid now that's learning everything from the ground up. No Latinos telling me, yo, you can't do this. Not even just Latinos, nobody saying, and I'll say respectfully, fuck you in my head because you're not going to tell me what to do. You didn't even live what I lived or you didn't die the way I died. So my mentality is very strong and I'm glad because of my upbringing, but now it's just like a propellant. Now it's just like jet fuel and shit like that, you know? So yeah, man, I'm a totally different person from where I was five years ago, even yesterday. Like I, I do feel like I'm involved in that fast race, like a kid that, that he's just absorbing all this knowledge. And that, that goes to knowledge with business, that goes to knowledge with creativity and learning, you know, the basics, the fundamentals. It, it just comes with knowledge of just getting to know yourself. Like, it's like flirting with yourself. Not, not sexually, but you know what I'm saying? Like flirting with your brain and stuff like that. It's very important, really. It's underrated. Oh, underrated. for sure, man. It sounds like you went it sounds like you went through a lot of um just like uh self-discovery almost, right? Like you, you went through the thought process Big of like yo, know, like people were telling me X, nah, I'm gonna do this. It, and it's crazy too. It's so interesting being being an artist. Like I'm not an artist, but I could imagine, you know, going back to that those are like early years where people I would man they weren't that bad oh thanks man <laughs> <laughs> oh the smiley faces <laughs> but Bell drew dicks on them too man don't let him fool you he drew some dicks on some uh, tables <laughs> i don't remember that i don't remember that <laughs> that was me I, <laughs> I was about to say if i probably tried to i probably tried to draw a smiley face it probably ended up looking like a penis the nose probably ended up looking like a penis <laughs> Yeah, for, oh, for those shit. listening for those listening and watching, I'm a terrible artist. I can't even draw a smiley face. It's pretty bad. But it's the thought that counts, man. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus you, Christ. You know, what's cra- you know what's crazy, too, that I really like about your art is, is your, like, your heart design that you have is such a <laughs> staple in your art. But it's crazy. Like, you were always using that even before you had heart surgery, right? Like, yeah. Tell me I about like how that even thing. came up and like the realization after you had heart surgery, like, oh shit, like this is this is meant that, to happen. That that is exactly it. That's where I feel like I get bugged out even talking about it because I don't feel like it's me at that point. I feel like it like an outside intervention just came in and um really just kind of was trying to communicate with me, you know, and telling me that, yo, um, you have something going on with you, like you had this this old soul broken heart looking character in you, but you don't know where it's really from. Obviously heartbreaks, we all go through heartbreaks. I'm talking about relationships and stuff like that. So, but no, um, this character represents somebody truly broken. Um, who, who <laughs> I draw him with a ski mask now. I don't know if you, you've noticed it. He wears like a ski mask. Now it's a two part thing. I, you know, I was told that I was bipolar my whole life. So for me, it's just like, you see the character uh, without the ski mask and he's has his beard. He just looks worn. He looks broken. Um, you know, and he's, he has, he's handing out flowers. And then I have the ski mask, the same heart, but wearing a ski mask. And he's just like, 
you know, I'm going to fucking take your, like, I'm going to take your flowers. I'm going to take your heart. I'm going to use my water gun to, to show you that I can love harder than anybody. Like, this character is somebody who has been speaking to me since the beginning. And that's why he's very important to me in, in my evolution as, as a person, not even just as an artist, just like as a whole. Um, I do feel like God is immaculate in that in that kind of sense, man. I, he was giving me like this tool or this vice to prepare me for what was going to go on, you know, heart surgery, uh, multiple heartbreaks. And even now, just like, just being an all around strong person, even though sometimes I feel like I'm tired of being strong, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, facts, like, man. When is, when, is, when are we going to like, when is it going to be easy? It's never going to be easy. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> so I think it's very important for us to, be genuine in those times. Like even if we have feelings that are harbored deep down the side, yell into a pillow, yell out, yell in your fucking car instead of listening to music. But vocalize, you know what I'm saying? I, f- I find myself doing that more lately, and <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I, you know, I meditate now. It's not crazy. I, man. To, I do that shit every morning. Yeah, yeah, the, the yelling shit. <laughs> oh no, <nah>. that is <laughs> fine. <yeah. laughs> But uh, no, but it's it's all about um, the process of uh, you know just communicating with yourself and just being genuine. That's what I like. That that's what I kind of like am voicing out. I think. It's Bro, important. that shit that shit is so real because no one ever taught me about mental health when I was growing up. Like wow. family didn't talk what about that? that. Yeah, like you know, what my you family know? taught me, or like my grandma should be like, talk to God. <laughs> you and I know, know your grandma, she's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> He was hardcore back in the days, man. But yeah, like oh, I, in man. in Latino Latino Latinos are such like heavy yeah. heavy Catholic, so it's it's yeah. very it's very just like religion based. If you have a problem, talk to God; He'll solve it for you. But like yeah, they, like we don't get taught enough to like look inside of us and like do our own like self love and all of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like was that something for yeah. you growing up too? Like you mentioned? Yeah, definitely Catholic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I see my grandma nowadays, she sees me with all the the, the tattoos and stuff like that. She's like. Kenny, like deep down, I know she's like, you're gonna go to hell, and I'm like, I, I I'm not, but okay, <laughs> but yeah, very strong Catholic um, household, man. It just if you have any worries, uh, just leave it to God. You know what I'm, and I'm not saying not to leave it to God, but we have words aren't everything. Words are powerful, but they're not everything. A lot of it is action. And when I say action right now, I say we need to take action and take accountability for our own actions, take accountability for taking care of ourselves, for really not being scared of to cry. You know, I was scared to cry for so long. I fucking cried. I watch like a Hallmark movie. I watch Notebook and I'll fucking cry now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, I, I think that's the number one thing. And I think a lot of minorities uh, suffer, not only minorities, but everybody. We all suffer from the fear of, oh, that's going to make me look weak or that's going to make me appear like a pussy or soft and shit like that. My whole life, I felt it. So now you can't tell me shit. Now well, you can't did, tell me shit. I'm going to let it out no matter what. I'm sorry. How does that feel? <laughs> how does that feel to just like let out your emotions? Because that, it, now, it must be like such a relief, I'm assuming. It's a, it's a relief because now I'm like, yo, this is how you're supposed to cope. This is normal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, Yo, guys, it's so normal. Like, don't let nobody tell you you can't fucking cry, yo, or you can't get mad or, like, in a healthy way. Go outside, take a breath. 
you know, be grounded with Mother Nature. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff is normal. Like, it is. And we're not taught like that in the Latino household. We're not. Nah. Bro, I 100%, man. I actually, I, I go to therapy and uh, my my therapist, I've been going to her for like years and she and she was like, Pabell, you, you haven't cried yet. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, is that a problem? She was like, no, it's just weird. Like, typically like people cry already. You know what I mean? Like she says, like, I haven't had a breakthrough yet because I haven't cried. And it's so interesting. But I, I think, I think like you said, like it's cultural. Like we're, we're, especially as men, you know what I mean? Like we're told to be strong and Machismo. we're told, we're t- exactly, we're told to hold our emotions in. Yo, there's yeah. so many relationships that for me probably would have been a lot better Yep. If I knew how to communicate my emotions, but like, oh, I, yeah. I was never taught how to do that shit. Oh, me neither. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm, I'm like talking to a mirror right now. That's crazy. God, there's not a lot of people I could uh, really talk to about. It. So like for me, it's like, yeah, it's like a revelation. Half of my relationships and I, I take accountability. If I would have spoke about my feelings instead of having that pride and that wall so up high up the fucking clouds, I probably could have salvaged some of them. There were a lot of good girls, but you know, we have to grow from those situations and not take them as, like, you know, cringy, but take them as thank you, you know, thank you. Yeah. I think that's the way we should see it. But um, I, I feel you on the not, not crying part, man. I feel like you've made a great break, breakthrough, even just feeling you out and talking to you right now after years. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, I think talking about it publicly is helpful like for, for example i know this is this is like your second podcast that you've done and the first one that you did i was listening to it and i mean obviously like your story is powerful enough as it is but it felt like one of those first times where you just like let so much shit out not to yourself but like to someone else you know what i mean yeah, would, would, yeah. Would I, was i just looking too much into that or is that how it felt for you no that's exactly when i talk about it now and i've I've spoken to a few people about like the aftermath, how it, how it felt. I've, n- I've never really spoken about what's happened to me. And I think um, I've engaged a lot of people because of that. Um, I've had more eyes on me because of the fact that I was able to be so vulnerable, Pabell. I've never known how to be vulnerable my whole life. I'm 30 years old now. So, you know, I'm learning how to be vulnerable, but I'm also learning how to not be too vulnerable because I have a big heart. And sometimes that can be taken, you know, I could be taken advantage of. Now that I'm at this state where I'm pure, like I feel pure. I'm obviously not pure. I'm a bad boy still, ladies. But uh, <laughs> I feel pure in the sense that I can love you purely and I can look you straight in the eye. I could give you my last dollar, my last shirt, and I could never regret it. You know, like that kind of purity of love, undying love and loyalty is what I have now. And I, I don't regret it, but sometimes I have to, I have to divert myself because people don't feel the same way. They can't reciprocate it. So I'm changing that much. Like, oh, like I said, like a kid that is just like, I could be taken advantage of now. How do we kind of set some boundaries, bro? That's the fucking word. How do we set proper boundaries by communicating by vocally by vocalizing our uh, what what our wants are and also our needs health in a healthy manner not being in a disrespectful way or anything like that but purely in love and life you know that's that's how i generally feel and after that interview 
just letting it out for the first time. And like I said, I reached a bigger audience. So I'm so glad I was able to just be myself. Very genuine. This is me. This, this is my life, you know, and people, people were eating, like eating it up and it made them feel good when they saw the interview, just like you, when you say you, you felt a lot of energy and it's just like, that's energy that it's in me. That is the first time it's actually coming out. So it is kind of like a, like a therapy session, like, wow, you know, I feel really good that I can get to know myself still and at the same time help others because I, I can relate to you. Like, yes, I can draw, I could do this, but I could relate to you. I also, also could relate to you, 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 and that makes me feel good, the fact that I can give back because I got, I got brought back. <laughs> yeah. So why not give back, you know? Like, it's my mission and I, I, and I see it, you know, I do see it. It's wild too. Yeah. Like I remember, I, I don't know if this is how you felt, but I remember like the first time I was ever vulnerable publicly, it was on a Facebook post. And I was just talking about yeah. my experience at work pretty much. And yeah. it's one, it's one of those weird things where it's not, it's not like stand-up comedians, right? They tell a joke and they instantly get a laugh. You got to like wait for the comments to roll in or you got to yeah. wait for the feedback. Yeah. And when you hit enter or like on your case, you just like start speaking, but then the shit is published, right? It's like, it's like a waiting game and you're probably like, ah, oh, people are going to make fun of me. No one's going to give a fuck. You t yep. Like you make up this story. Like, this is what I do. I, so one of my I things is that. I have like pretty bad anxiety. And what that yeah. makes me do is I just tell, I tell myself so many fucking stories in my head and they end up most of the time, not even being true. Yeah. Right. It ends up, it ends up being the complete opposite. So like, I'm telling myself the story about like, no one's going to relate to this. Um, it's just me that's going through this. I'm alone. And then like you get the feedback and you're like, dude, thanks for telling your story. It helped me Thank, out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, was that your experience too? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And that's why I, I find myself being more vocal now because of that, um, that support, not only support, but that the fact that you, you feel genuinely like you helped somebody just off of communication like that, of what you got Sim very similar to what I've been through. And I find myself very happy that I, I I'm able to tell my story now and not be scorned by it and not feel any thorns or any pain thinking, oh, oh, you're, you're this or you're that. But no, like people could really benefit from this words, man. Yeah. People could really benefit from, the, from, from that trauma that you went through and to see you overcome it, people could really feel like, engage it and apply it to their own life. Yeah, so I think that's important, you know? I think that's very important. Nah, for sure. Um, and I want to come back to that, but I also want to touch on um, your art in particular, right? Like, I'm like, you, you've had, a, you've, you've had a few jobs before, um, one in yeah. like the healthcare space. And it's, it's funny because, you know, sometimes like you tell people where you work or what you do for work. And if they know the industry, they're like, oh yeah, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. worked in, um, on the ER unit, right? And people, you know, you tell them you work at a hospital, like, oh yeah, hospital, cool. But you tell people you're an artist and they're like, I'm sorry, you do what? Yeah, they look at you sideways. Man. Even now, it's just like... Especially you, you're Latino, you got all the tattoos. Like, what is that interaction like? Yeah, they're like, oh, you must be a tattoo artist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's it. You see the stigmatism? It's just like, all right, I may look rough. I may do this, but yo, your boy listens to the classical music. I listen to fucking jazz just to, to calm me down. I, I study the greats, Van Gogh's, Monet, like... Polak, you know, like I study, you guys don't even know just because I look like this, you know, 
it doesn't mean like I got to be a tattoo artist, you know what I'm saying, named cartoon or some shit like that, you know. But it, <laughs> you you understand, it's just like, no, nah, I'm an artist. I, I could be a fine artist, I could be a pop artist, I could be all that, whatever I set my mind to. But, you know, there's always that kind of astigmatism to it. Like, you're an artist, uh, you must not be steady or you must not. It is what it is. You're going to probably hear that your whole life, I feel, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. I, I, I at mean, this point in my life, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I live my life, you know. And I think that's that's very important for you to get so secure with it, not security, but so secure within yourself that no man or woman could tell you you should live life this 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 way. Um, now, unless it's a negative way, then maybe you should listen. But if it's a positive way, you're trying to do right by yourself and by your body and by others, then do it. Do whatever your heart like desires at that point. Word. Nah, it's not just you, man. I mean, we we all go through I think most people of color, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we get mm-hmm. jobs and people are like, Whose dick did you suck to get that shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, man. But it there's so many have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it happens all the time. But there are so many yeah. just like you know, assumptions that people have about us before they even get to know us, which is, um, which is really interesting. Do you it's feel funny, like, man. Yeah, go for it. Do you feel it, like we it. do that sometimes? Do you feel like us going through our life and the way we got brought up and how we are actively learning about each other, do, do you feel like sometimes we, because we know ourselves somewhat, that we see others who are lost or like, they're not they're not there you know what i'm saying do we forgive that those actions like how do you feel do you judge sometimes like like if i see you walking down the street would i would i would i ask if you're a tattoo artist is that what you're asking me more in a deeper sense more on the, like you, mean, yeah. you get into no no one one person and they're just like they're showing you this kind of energy and and you don't want to be rude about it but you have to be like mm-hmm. Clearly, they haven't been through enough with maybe within themselves that you have to mm. to step off. Like, do you feel like you have that ability to to cut yourself off from like negative, you know, energy around you? Like, do you feel like that sometimes? I think now I do for sure, man. But before, yeah. before I don't think I had the capacity to even like. I I didn't even know like what type of people I wanted to be around. Like, yeah. I didn't even know who I was to then even know somebody else. Um, but to your point, man, I think it takes just a lot of like sitting down, meditating, thinking about what my needs are, what my wants are. Yeah. And like being real with that shit. You know what I mean? Like not just doing something because like every all the cool kids are doing it or like because yeah. the crowd is doing it. You know what I mean? Um, or because you don't want to be the only one doing it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of that, I think. Yeah, I do feel like that, too. I always like going against the grain, you know? in a way where it's just like even with with, uh, fashion or like with uh painting or like anything that i do i i i want to make sure i do it from outside the box you know i don't want to do something that um not a lot of people have done i want to be different but in a way that is still so genuine but exaggerated genuine now at this point it's just like all right let's take it up a notch but let's still be ourselves you know like in, in the form of expression you know I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, that's that how I sense. feel right now. Definitely, I'm, cu- like, I'm, cu- I'm curious. To, I'm curious to know, like, what's your next? Like, you you've been through all this growth, and 
you know, even the self-discovery, now you're trying to be more vulnerable. Like what's the next challenge that you're even thinking about? You know what I mean? Like the next challenge that I'm actually um, stepping into now, which leads into the um, more caring for our uh, fellow, fellow neighbors and friends, our family is uh, this right here is uh, draw hope. So I'm starting a foundation and actually I have my mother um, kind of like running it, uh, draw hope foundation in which we teach uh, the youth or anybody um, the importance of having the arts in our lives and how they can truly impact us in our future. The arts is something very important and it's sad to see that um, we see a lot of funds being cut off from it. So uh, I wanna make sure my, my foundation does it voluntarily and I do it, I, I go out to communities that are not privileged and uh, we teach them, hey, <clears throat> we're gonna be painting today or hey, we're gonna take up photography today. I get a special photographer in or today we're gonna write about um, our feelings or maybe we're, we're gonna write a, a, a little screenplay or we're gonna act it out, you know what I'm saying? Let's do some uh, improvisation, you know? That's what I'm gonna do. Um, that's my next uh, journey, that's my next step and it's uh, currently uh, being worked on right now and I'm, I'm very happy about it. That's so dope, man. Yeah. I think, I think one of the dopest things about it is that there are going to be kids that are in that class that are going to be you in New York that are going to be like, yeah, man, fuck this class. You know what I mean? But then yeah. they go yeah. to it and they see somebody that looks like them. You know what I mean? There's a Latino potentially, a person of color. And they're like, and oh, just, shit, like he's doing this shit for real? That means I could do yeah. it. Exactly. And it all comes back to being relatable, Pavel. With what Latino artists that we know back in the days or, no, or black? I didn't know they're all white. I didn't know one of them. I only but knew Basquiat, like, legit. That's it. <laughs> and Basquiat, yeah. And, and Basquiat, to be honest, I didn't even know about Basquiat. I have his tattoo right here. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't right. know about Basquiat until I was like 25, 26. Yeah. If we're being honest, you know, that's really how it is. He made a big impact on me. Obviously, Keith Haring did too, Andy Warhol. Van Gogh, we studied when we were kids. Yeah. You know, I still remember learning in Holy Name, maybe fifth grade, just painting in swirls just to get his um, his effect on the on the canvas. And I still remember all my paintings from that time. I absorbed it and I felt so comfortable. You know that? Like, I felt like, wow, maybe I might cut my ear off one day. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. But, 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 no, but you know, because he has that paint. He had, I yeah. did a painting without the ear. And I was just like, man, that's so cool. But at that age, you know. You don't know shit. You but, gotta, um, bro. You live in Florida. You gotta. You need the ears for the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You can't be like this. But um, you know what? It, it brings me back to something I feel like is very important. You know, just because if you're a creator or an artist and you're not getting enough attention for it, uh, you know, Van Gogh he died poor. You know, um, um, artists they they can live their whole lives without getting any kind of recognition, and it's Sometimes, unfortunately, after death that you kind of get some rise to fame, but you will never see it. Um, I live with that sometimes every day. And this is my, me being vulnerable right now. I feel like um, things are happening now, but uh, I feel like uh, there's a lot of pressure because of that. Like I have the pressure to be in the inside. I know what I have to offer, especially to this world. Now, how do I make everyone see it? Not only myself, because I see it. Right? So. My pressure is, I could go any second. It could happen, complications. Let's just be real, you can't. And that's everybody. 
we have to come to terms with that. Uh, you know how precious life is, Pavel. We see it all around us. So the pressure that I have is, how can we keep this momentum going? How can we make multiple impacts on people that we love or just people around us to make sure this world is a little bit of a better place? So I'm in that place right now where there's a lot of pressure, but it's pressure to, to do good things and hopefully, you know, keep it going and not have to think about my early demise. You know, that's something I've always had. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's wild too, man. That story that you said about uh, the favorite piece that you've ever made on the podcast, it was so real because, you know, I haven't bought that much art, but the art that I do buy, I look at it every day and I'm just like, like it tells a story to me, you know what I mean? Like it has yeah. so much more of an impact, even if that artist, you know, God forbid, passes away, like their art lives on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I look at the piece Forever. every day when I'm, I look at the piece every day when I'm down and, and like, it brings me back up, you know what I mean? Um, I, I would love to hear that story that you told about that, about that boy that you gave that painting to and just like his reaction and then your reaction oh. to his reaction, you know what I mean? So um, my mother actually told me about this fundraiser and this was uh, a little bit before my heart surgery, before I ever knew I had the issue. Back in 2014, um, I went to this fundraiser and um, my mother was telling me, hey, by the way, before the fundraiser, there's this kid, he's like about five years old, and his name is Mikey. He's autistic, so they're, um, his parents are kind of gonna throw a, a fundraiser to raise awareness. And I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'd like to go. And she was like, wait, I have an idea. I, I feel like you should uh, paint something for him. And I was just like, at that time I was, I was painting, but also I was painting because I was trying to get out of uh, my, my hole that I was in from uh, from a heartbreak from a relationship. So I was really painting just to get my mind off of things very healthy, you know? <clears throat> so my mother gave me that suggestion and I was just like, you know what? I am gonna do that. Ask his parents this, what's his favorite superhero? She relayed the message back to me and she was like, yo, um, his favorite superhero? You know, my mom talks like me too, but in a girly voice. <laughs> his favorite superhero is Super Grover. Get to work and I'm like, all right, say no more, Bob. So I'm starting to draw superhero, uh, Super Grover, you know, in my style, make it nice and colorful, making the colors pop. Got his eyes, beady eyes, and it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, so the day of the, um, the fundraiser, um, I'm just like, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous in a, in, in a way where it's just like, I'm just anxious to really like want to make an impact, you know, like, I think that was my first saving grace where I, I felt so shitty for my relationship and the way it went down, but I feel like I could redeem myself maybe in a way where I hope this painting could make him happy. I didn't even meet the kid yet. So we go there and uh, I meet his parents and the parents are like, Mikey's over here. And I'm like, I'm anxious because I have the painting in the back. I was like, I can't wait for him to see this and stuff like that. So I have the, I'm hiding the painting in the back of me and I'm, I'm like, hey, what's up, little guy? Uh, my name is Kenny. Nice to meet you. And uh, he's not talking. He's just like, you know, staring off into space, just like totally ignoring me. He's autistic. So I'm like, okay, I got something for you. And then I just pull out the canvas behind my back. And I swear to God, the colors must have captivated him. He already knew it was super cool. He took the painting and he took it from my, like he just, he just took it from me. And uh, he started kissing the canvas man 
we started kissing the canvas, man. And uh, at that moment, I was just like, wow, like kind of like time slowed down a little bit. And I just started to, to realize that it's going to be okay, <laughs> you know, with what I was going through at that time. Like I needed that more than probably anybody ever knew. I needed to see that. So, um, and then um, once he, <laughs> he paused, kissing the canvas, he just looked up because he was sitting in his carriage. He just looked up to me. And um, and I would never forget the face that that he made, or you know, because he couldn't really talk, and he was just looking at me as as if like he really wanted to say, "Yo, thank you, man. This shit is awesome. Like, thank you, like thank you." And I was just like, "Wow," like I felt that. And then we we took pictures together, but he couldn't get, keep his eyes off me. I actually have the the photo on Instagram, and I have hair and stuff. I got like a bald face too. Um, and I'm just like the happiest kid in the world, just like being right next to him. And, uh, um, God rest his soul. Um, he died not even four months later and it crushed me, Pavel. Like it, it did. It, it really, it made a big impact on me. So I made this in his honor. Um, I had the tattoo artist just, um, tattoo draw hope and draw hope was, it just came into my mind like instantly after, uh, days of just obviously grieving because he made such a big impact on my life and even just meeting him one time you know that that moment changed the way i look at art and the way i could <clears throat> bring out art to the world forever and that you know? that moment that moment would have never happened if you know going back to new york where you had that realization where you were like yo i'm faking it this isn't me i'm gonna be myself right yeah. and because you're being yourself you're able to do what you do and you love, which is art, and look at the impact that you're driving to people. Um, as you as you look forward, you know what I mean. As as you look forward, and you you know think about like what's one thing that continues to inspire you to continue being your your authentic self. I see my siblings now, and they're like um, they're kind of like following a very similar path that I am in right now, and they're happy painting and they're. They're able to communicate healthy with my um, with my mother, you know, and um, I, I see them just being themselves, and that makes me want to go further because it's just like it's invigorating, and it, it and it's right. It just feels right, you know. So going on forward, I, I you know, like I said, I'm continuing to evolve. This is like I'm barely nowhere where I have to reach, man. Like <clears throat> I'm just now getting to know myself. Like I said. I'm like a five-year-old kid right now. So I'm just like very looking, I'm looking forward to um, continue, continuing to make uh, works of, you know, art and to flirting with the canvases and just really telling a story that I feel like uh, can help others. I feel a lot of happiness, genuine jo like joy, like helping out another person. And in the, in the same way, I, I help out myself as well. So yeah, shit. That engine's gonna continue to roll until this body gets out, straight up.